Hello, and welcome to Adult Human Female, a feminist podcast exploring news and events that are significant to women's rights. I'm your host, Ellie Ellis. It's good to be back. It's been a while. I hope you are all staying safe and well in the midst of all this chaos and uncertainty. It looks like the podcast is probably going to have to go fortnightly for a while. Juggling children not being in school is proving quite (laughs) challenging in terms of being able to record. So just keep an eye on socials and I'll let you know, but more likely than not, it's going to be fortnightly until the schools reopen. So I will make sure I keep you up to date on that. Here are the headlines from the last three weeks. Women's Aid UK have launched a campaign to raise awareness of the increase in domestic abuse since the lockdown. They are also offering to fund travel for women who need to flee abusers and I will put the link to the information about that in the show notes in case anybody out there needs to access it. The British Pregnancy Advisory Service have launched a postal service that can deliver pills to women to enable them to have early abortions at home to prevent unnecessary journeys during the lockdown. There was definitely some concern over what would happen with abortion care and, um, you know, it's it's really good to see that it's being taken seriously and that women are going to be able to continue to access abortions if they need them. A man in a Scottish prison who is a serial offender with a string of convictions for vandalism, assaults and resisting arrest is insisting that only female prison officers strip-search him as he claims he's a woman. Three guards are refusing to comply, quite rightly, and apparently the 25-year-old, who also calls himself Mitza Baby, is not undergoing any treatment to transition to female. It is literally a case of self-ID and, shockingly, This man wants women to strip search him. I can't think if there would be any reason he might do that other than, you know, being trans. Oh, wait. (laughs) Maybe he's a sexual predator. I'm just putting it out there. Meanwhile, in Fife, in Scotland, a trans-identified man who sexually assaulted young girls in supermarket toilets was housed in a women's shelter, despite complaints by the female residents. Former Justice Minister Rory Stewart has claimed that while he served in government, there were situations of male prisoners self-identifying as females and then raping staff in prison. Rory Stewart's comments are understood to be the first public reference to trans women assaulting prison staff in women's jails. In response to the concerns, a prison service spokesperson said, We have no record of this happening. Strict safeguards are in place to manage transgender prisoners while protecting our staff and other inmates. But, I mean, I'd say it seems highly likely that this could have happened. There's probably no smoke without fire. So make of that what you will. A trans-identified couple who I mentioned a few episodes ago who are having a baby via surrogate, have announced that they now have a baby girl. Gender-critical Twitter has been quick to jump on the fact that they are assigning this baby agenda at birth. Um, Lily Maynard, in particular, I did share screenshots of Lily Maynard's tweets, which were hilarious. 
articles in the media have barely mentioned the poor surrogate um and it it, it, it feels like it's becoming more and more the case. Well, I think there are more and more babies being born by surrogate. And <laughs> and they're just baby factories, aren't they, as far as the media and presumably the expectant parents are concerned. So, yeah, a lot of feelings around that. Women Inequalities Minister Liz Truss has said that the PPE available to NHS staff is perfectly fine for both sexes, despite many, many people pointing out that it's designed for men and is far too big for the faces of the women who make up 77% of the NHS workforce. Truss apparently said, in defence of her argument, that she does not hold with that gender nonsense, which, I mean, great, (laughs) But please learn the difference between sex and gender, for fuck's sake, because, like, it's quite crucial, actually. If you're going to be a voice in this sort of debate, you do actually need to understand what the difference is. A document about LGBT education in schools said to be endorsed by the Government Equalities Office has been withdrawn after complaints that it was defaming various groups including Transgender Trend and WPUK. Liz Truss was quick to distance the GEO from the document, which had been produced by Equalitych, an organisation with close ties to Stonewall. The LGB Alliance has had its Just Giving page taken down, as well as a subsequent GoFundMe page. It's also being targeted on Twitter with a load of spoof accounts. However, the fight is strong and they've got an excellent legal team working very hard for them. Breaches of copyright dating back to the organisation's launch in October last year have been upheld and the perpetrator was chastised for basically trolling them. You can now donate directly via their website and I will put the link in the show notes for that. A new book, Women Are Blamed for Everything, by Dr Jessica Taylor was published this week, leading to the author being targeted relentlessly by men's rights activists. JK Rowling tweeted that she was going to be buying the book, as did Jamila Jamil, which was found slightly amusing by some, who were keen to point out that it might clash with her woke posturing to accept that misogyny actually exists and that it affects women. (laughs) And in Canada... Uh, Canadian musician Ray Spoon was devastated recently to receive a diagnosis of cervical cancer. Not particularly because of the cancer, but because apparently it's really triggering to her that cancer is such a turf and doesn't respect her non-binary identity. So those are the headlines Moving on to the main stories I wanted to talk about. This is all in the UK and it's all actually really good news. It's not often I feel that I can say that. And it's been kind of fascinating watching during this lockdown, you know, the the coronavirus crisis and, you know, just obviously all of that side of things is horrendous. We don't know how long the lockdown's going to go on for. Um, People are dying in thousands you know it's it's an awful 
awful place to be. You know, personally, I'm struggling with the uncertainty of it all. I'm sure many of you are as well. But one thing that is happening is that decisions are being made around gender ideology. And yeah, everything that I've been reading recently has felt really positive. So Liz Truss, who I mentioned earlier, has announced that the government will set out plans to ban under-18s from undergoing gender confirmation surgery. She said, I believe strongly that adults should have the freedom to lead their lives as they see fit, but I think it's very important that while people are still developing their decision-making capacities, oh, sorry, capabilities, that we protect them from making those irreversible decisions. So, I mean, what fantastic news. And... Hopefully, this will also mean that puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones will also be made illegal for under-18s on the basis that they they also create irreversible changes. I haven't read anything specifically talking about the hormonal side of gender transition treatment in, as regards this. So, you know, I think it's something we've got to kind of keep on top of. Um, I know a lot of people have been writing to Liz Trust to congratulate her on probably the the first the only good decision she's probably ever made uh you know and I think it's important if you are going to do that to you know make sure that you also are saying I hope that this is going to include puberty blockers cross-sex hormones you know these particularly puberty blockers are touted as being reversible as being a pause button we know that that's not true we know that actually delaying puberty by by that amount of time is one almost a guarantee you're going to go on to cross sex hormones and two we just don't know about the impact on the developing brain and i know i've talked about this before but you know the small amount of research that has been done showed decreased brain activity in in sheep we know that part of puberty is all about brain development like huge huge changes happen in the adolescent brain and a lot of that is down to hormones like hormones stimulate those changes so to say that puberty blockers aren't are not irreversible is is really disingenuous so you know it it's absolutely fantastic the government is sort of putting its money where its mouth is, I suppose, you know, really, really setting out their stall in terms of this transgender stuff. And I think, I hope that this is kind of the first step, that more is going to be said and done, that, you know, the GRA reforms, which have been shelved, you know, at least for now, they've been shelved completely. It, it seems it's not going to happen anytime soon, which is also fantastic news. So, yeah, we've just got to hope that this trajectory, which which appears it appears this government is on, you know, continues in the same vein. So, really, just really, really good news that from a government level, there is logic and you know sensible decision making that is protecting children. And you know, I I actually do think that those adults probably need those those adults who identify as trans also need a level of protection from themselves but 
you know, thinking about the anorexia kind of um, analogy, we we don't allow anorexics to make their own decisions about how much they eat and how much they exercise. You know, those interventions are taken and I know not until it's really fucking serious, which is a whole, whole other matter. You have to basically be dying to get any treatment for anorexia in this country. So it's, you know, it's far from perfect anyway, but you know, I think it's brilliant that children are being protected and that I think does have to be our priority because they are vulnerable. But I do think there are also particularly trans-identified women, I think, are vulnerable and need protecting from themselves as, the you know, the vast amount of detransitioners is demonstrating, really. So, you know, I think this is a really solid first step, but I think there's a lot more that needs to be done and a lot more thought needs to be made around these decisions and how I guess how much of a sound mind one can be in to make the decision to transition and whether or not there are alternatives that that can be offered that don't involve surgery that don't involve medically changing one's body So that's kind of, yeah, where I'd be coming from with that. There have also been victories in the attempts to remove the dangerous trans toolkits from the school curriculum. Oxfordshire County Council, which had been taken to the High Court by a 13-year-old girl who was supported by Safe Schools Alliance, um, as well as Warwickshire County Council, which I think was just in receipt of a lot of complaints from parents, have taken down the trans toolkits and placed it under review. So, you know, this is a brilliant victory. So this, you know, this amazing 13-year-old girl who was really willing to fight didn't have to go as far as the High Court. That It was decided before, I guess, Oxfordshire County Council knew that they were on a bit of a losing one with that. I don't know. And I don't know the ins and the outs and the details, you know, I've also become aware of a secondary school local to me where, you know, I don't know if it's the trans toolkit specifically, but, you know, there's similar issues. But it feels like, yeah, these local authorities are starting to listen. They are starting to hear the concerns of parents and children and realising that they can't... I mean, yeah, it's like... I don't know, it's almost like um deciding to adopt a creationist curriculum isn't it? it 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 it's that level of unproven ideology and quite frankly religious fervor you know that that is behind the kind of things that are said in these trans toolkits that you know that preach this message of gender identity as a as an innate thing. And it just it kind of boggles my mind, really, that these people who are responsible for the school's curriculum aren't, you know, are reading this and going, oh, yeah, 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 a gender identity, everyone has gender identity. Oh, right, yeah, I didn't, I never thought about it before, but obviously I have, like, I don't know. I mean, and, and I know it's not as simple as that, and I know, 
having come from a position where a few years ago I kind of accepted that I don't think I accepted actually that everybody had a gender identity I don't I don't know actually I mean you know I, I definitely was in a place where I accepted that uh there were people who existed who had a gender identity that didn't didn't match their their sex but I think as soon as I started actually thinking into it I was like this doesn't quite make sense and also I don't have a gender identity so you know when you think of all these bureaucrats sitting in their local council offices going oh this is a great idea let's make sure you know that we are not transphobic and uh, you know we're, we're pushing this agenda don't stop for one second and think hmm is this true <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of mind-boggling, but you know I think again, fantastic strides are being made towards this kind of you know cult-like acceptance of of these ideologies is is being rejected. Yeah, we're we're not going to allow our children to be um, indoctrinated in this way. So yeah really really good news and fantastic that it you know that it didn't have to go to the full like high court hearing and everything as far as I understand and then sort of relatedly Safe Schools Alliance and Fair Cop also launched a crowdfunder only a week or two ago to take on the Crown Prosecution Service's guidance on hate crime in schools which would encourage school children and teachers to report each other for disagreeing with transgender ideology so I mean, oh god, the idea of like, yeah, not just, <laughs> not just, you know, the pushing the concept of transphobia, but actually actively reporting each other is is scary. This guidance, which was developed with assistance from Stonewall and Gendered Intelligence, undermines safeguarding. Because students would feel intimidated under threat of prosecution to ignore their own personal and sexual boundaries and would be forced into situations which would make them feel uncomfortable or unsafe. However, this guidance has now been withdrawn and is under review. So this case was being brought again by a 14-year-old girl and Safe Schools Alliance and Fair Cop were, were behind this and supporting her and were uh, organising the crowdfunder. And I'd say within within two weeks, I think, of this being this application being made to the courts, this guidance has been withdrawn and is being reviewed, which, you know, again, it's so it's it it's so heartening that this is being taken seriously and that people are actually going, Do you know what shit, it's not okay that we are <laughs> subjecting our children to this kind of bullshit. I just, every time I read one of these headlines, I'm just like, yes, oh my God, common sense is prevailing. Thank God. You know, the, the, it just feels like we're actually getting somewhere now. And, you know, I've got daughters and I am, they're only in primary school at the moment. And I know that some of these toolkits are being used in primary school. So I don't for a second believe that they're safe. But the thought of them going into a secondary school, particularly, I know for a fact that there's at least two secondary schools 
nearby, you know, local to us that that are like Stonewall um, champion schools, which scares the absolute shit out of me. So, you know, this is this is such good news in terms of being able to protect our children. It really feels like a line is being drawn now. Children can't be taught about this like it is fact, and they can't also alter their bodies irreversibly as a response to this ideology. So, yeah, it's about to, it's about bloody time we had some good news. It really, really is. It has felt so depressing. And things are happening. And I have to say, I've not spoken a lot about it, but it's, it feels like in the States, and I, you know, and I don't really understand fully the, the way the law works in the States, because I know that there's like federal and then state law, and it's complicated. And I know that different states have different sort of um, politics in terms of how liberal or conservative they are. And probably the more conservative states, unfortunately, in a sense, are the ones that are more likely to um, also be protecting children in this way. You know, I, I'd rather see it coming from a, a more left-leaning um, viewpoint. But then, you know, we've got a Tory government in the UK. It is a Tory government, it is a Conservative government that is doing this. And I have to sit with that and my discomfort with that. But I know, you know, I know I can't trust Labour to, to do this. And actually, if Labour had got in, even though that was how I'd voted, like, I... It kind of scares me to think that actually the opposite would be happening in terms of safeguarding in schools and and within the like medical framework as well. So as much as I hate to say it, you know, I'm glad in this regard that we have this current government and it kind of makes me a bit feel a bit sick to say that, but you know, I think it does need acknowledging sadly. And the final um, story that I want to talk about is Freddie McConnell, who I talked about several months ago. So if you recall, she she's a journalist who works for The Guardian. I don't know if she still works for The Guardian. She certainly did work for The Guardian. And she produced a documentary called Seahorse, which may or may not still be available on the BBC. I still haven't managed to bring myself to watch it. I kind of feel like I should, you know, for research, but I just don't know if I can bear it. And she was pregnant, and the the documentary was about her pregnancy as a quote unquote man. And then her baby was born, and she then wanted to be named on the baby's birth certificate, as something other than mother. And that's, I think that's interesting. It wasn't this, I mean, I think she wanted father, ideally, but I think from what I have read, she would have settled for parent. And there is a capacity now for a parent to be labelled as a parent on a birth certificate. So my children's birth certificates, because I was in a lesbian relationship, a same-sex relationship, um, I'm on their birth certificate as their mother, and my partner at the time, she is on the birth certificate as their parent. And I think that's that distinction is really important. Because, yes, for all intents and purposes, she's their mother. 
But in terms of what a birth certificate represents, she's not their mother. She isn't genetically related to them. She didn't birth them. And I think that's really important. It's it's a really important distinction. And it doesn't have to mean anything in your day-to-day life. Like, my children know that they were in my womb. And they do talk about that, but I I don't believe for one second that that means they don't see her as their mum as well. Um, And they just understand the, the, the difference. So I think it's a really important distinction. And... And when Freddie McConnell went to court wanting to not be named as her child's mother, the judge was very clear that, no, it is an important distinction and she does have to be on there as the mother. And this was what I was reporting on a few months ago. Well, she's appealed. And thankfully, she's lost her appeal. Um, The original judgment has been upheld. And again, the importance of truth on a baby's birth certificate has, you know, has really been highlighted. It is, I mean, apart from anything else, it's a birth certificate isn't, it doesn't, like, my children's birth certificates, they don't belong to me. Like, they belong to my children because it's it's their identification, isn't it? It's their identification of who they are, where they were born, the time, etc, etc. Like, how narcissistic would I be (laughs) if I was trying to make their birth certificates about me? And, you know, like I said, I do think it's important that I'm on there as their mother because that is factually correct. But ultimately, it's it's not about me. And it's not about Freddie McConnell. And she needs to accept that her child is going to have a fucked up enough life as it is. I mean, oh, I just... Oh, yeah. So her... The sort of provenance of her existence is important. And ultimately, she's going to know, right, that she was carried in Freddie's womb. Like, she's going to know that, surely. I mean, it. I hope so. I mean, I hope that Freddie isn't going to, like, destroy all evidence of the fact that she was pregnant. Like, and you just don't know, do you? Um, but it, it's quite a scary thought. <clears throat> Interestingly, one of, the, uh, <laughs> one of the articles that I did read about this recently was saying that actually Freddie didn't get her gender recognition certificate or didn't like legally change her gender, which I guess means get her gender recognition certificate, until after the birth. Which kind of blows my mind a bit, because the whole point of the, um, like, the GRA reforms was to make it simpler for people to change their gender. And that's because the current... The current situation is that you have to have received a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, I think from two different doctors, maybe? And you also have to have lived as your chosen gender for two years. Like, you have to have kind of shown that this isn't just a whim. And that's what the the TRAs are trying to get rid of. They're trying to get rid of this this gatekeeping um, and enable self-ID. 
So you can just on a whim be like, oh, I'm a woman today, I'll be a man tomorrow. But I don't really understand who, in their right mind, let Freddie McConnell change her gender, get a gender recognition certificate on the basis of having lived as a woman, uh, sorry, having lived as a man for two years, when during that time she was pregnant and gave birth. I, like, um, (laughs) I'm not quite sure what you're looking for exactly as living as a man, because I would imagine, in order to demonstrate you've lived as a man, you're basically ticking a load of stereotypical boxes, I would imagine, (laughs) you know, that, that, that you're like, yes, I wear trousers and I've uh, grown a beard <laughs> and I do DIY. I like, who, who the fuck knows, like, how you're supposed to prove that. But I would say pretty categorically that pregnancy and birth doesn't count. Shouldn't count as living as a fucking man. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, common sense has prevailed at least as regards this poor baby and this baby's birth certificate. And yeah, I've no idea whether Freddie can continue to appeal this. I don't know how the system works, but um, yeah, it seems pretty pretty grounded that, that nothing's going to change here. So I'm really pleased about that. I mean, that's very, again, very good news. You know, bearing in mind... Bearing in mind that, you know, you do hear things about the courts. I mean, looking at my forestatters situation, looking at situations where women have been forced to um, incorrectly pronoun their attackers on the basis of, you know, not upsetting them because of their gender identity. You know, the, the court system appeared to be very mired in this ideology. So I think... For two different judges to say the same thing in this case is is really positive. So, yeah, great news. Okay, Dictionary Corner. Now, um, it was Lesbian Visibility Day on Sunday the 26th of April. And Diva Magazine, as I mentioned before, had a whole week leading up to this. Um, Of course... Of course, they were highlighting inspirational lesbians who are actually fucking men. Like uh, Jane Fay, I think, was someone that they, they were tweeting about. Um, so I thought it was important to just straighten things out, no pun intended, and explain exactly what a lesbian is. Because, I mean, that, honestly, that Lesbian Visibility Week bullshit that Diva were doing which was all about, if you recall, it was about LGBTQI women, which, like, wow. So this is not going to be a long dictionary corner, I don't think, because, really, all that needs saying is that a lesbian is a woman who loves other women, who is attracted to other women, a female homosexual. Men cannot be lesbians, because if they love and are attracted to women, then they are straight. No matter how they identify, they cannot be lesbians. And, I mean, even the fact that, you know, Diva were including the B is, like, you know, I think... I think bisexuality does get a hard time. And 
I think it is important that, you know, to one, acknowledge that bisexuals do... Bisexuals in same-sex relationships are going to experience the same difficulties as gay men and lesbian women. You know, that does need acknowledging. But actually, when it's Lesbian Visibility Week, let's not mention bisexuals because they can have their own day. And (laughs) much the same with trans people. They have many, many days and weeks and God knows what else. But yeah. Just so we're super, super clear on this, a lesbian is a female homosexual and men cannot be lesbians. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. I will be back in two weeks, I think. Keep your eye on socials just to double check that, but I imagine it's not going to be for two weeks that you will hear from me via the podcast again. Please get in touch if you see or hear any interesting stories do let me know ahfpod at gmail.com don't forget to follow on twitter and facebook both at ahfpod thank you to toes and davian for the music my name is ellie ellis and i am an adult human female